0: just taking this job. You are aware of the Penguins. You're aware of the Penguins' more prominent names. But it's from afar. You're in an advisory capacity with the Kings all the way out in L.A. You're way more concerned about the teams that are usually in the old Pacific division. And you're not thinking nearly as much about what's happening way out here. So you have a certain perception of of what and who the penguins are and then you get here and then you watch them and then you're absorbing it all up close imagine imagine your first impressions from this past week good morning to you good thursday morning i'm dan Kovačević of dk pittsburgh sports this is daily shot of penguins i do one of these every monday through friday morning really early and if you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Penguins will face the Islanders tonight at PPG Paints Arena. That's a 7.08 p.m. face-off. I'll be there to cover that for DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I'm not expecting it to go well. These are things I feel quite comfortable sharing with you. I liked almost nothing that I witnessed two nights ago in that same building against the Capitals. Almost nothing. A little bit of early pressure led to a couple of power plays, led to some really good chances, led to zero goals, led to those guys basically just closing up shop and calling it a day. Not all of them. Certainly not Brandon Tanev. But most of them. There wasn't much fight. There wasn't much compete. I didn't see much in the way of talking, even with each other. And you know what else I didn't see? I didn't see any signs of the team's other resident superstar waking up. I'm not sure if Genie Malkin can wake up this season. Because the more I watch, and for that matter, the more I hear from people who are there and in the know, the more I'm convinced he entered this season out of shape. Now, I say that, and your first impression is like, you know, that he spent the summer like chowing down at Dunkin' Donuts and whatever else and put a bunch of weight on and what. That's not what out of shape means. Not anymore. Uh, If you show up to camp like that, you can't even function after one practice. So this isn't egregious out of shape. This isn't showing up obese or whatever. This is not prepared for the shortened NHL camp that everyone knew was going to happen. And not prepared for the every other day game grind that the regular season is representing. You can even listen to it in Gino's own words, the couple of times that he's spoken with reporters through this season. There hasn't been a lot of that either. He's mentioning how hard he's working, how much he's trying to. I don't think he used the word catch up, but it, it was something that came across that way where he's trying to figure it out and get moving and, and everything else. But when you watch him and you see him in spurts and you see him go, and you know what I'm talking about, those neutral zone rushes where the other team just says, whoa, and they back off. And there was one of those the other night. There was one of those Tuesday night against Washington where they all just kind of backed off. They saw that he was really coming. But you know what? There was one of those, and I'm underscoring the word one. And when Gino is Gino, there's more than one, you know? This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. I don't believe... That there's anything wrong with Evgeny Malkin mentally. I don't believe that he's pouting. I don't believe that he's who knows what. All kinds of goofy theories, floating, whatever. You know, his family lives in Florida and he misses them and everything else. And I, I don't know about any of that stuff. I don't I don't know or care where his family is or or anything like that. I'm I'm watching the hockey player play hockey. And I'm watching him do it at a level miles below where he's accustomed to being, and where we're accustomed to seeing him. I can tell you this unequivocally. In the 2019-20 season, Geno had more points per game at 5-on-5 five five than anyone in the NHL. More than Connor McDavid, more than Nathan McKinnon, more than Leon Draisaitl. more than Sidney Crosby, more than anyone Anywhere, He was the NHL's most prolific player at 5-on-5. Five five. This was just a few months ago. In the playoff round against Montreal, he didn't produce a point, but he managed to stir up 21 shots on Carey Price. Not 21 shot attempts, 21 shots on goal. And he was moving. And when I would ask Gino, this was back when locker rooms were open and all that sort of thing, what happened? What what got into you this season? You know, is it motivation? Is it this or that? And he said it, he just, just shrug his shoulders and say, my, my legs are stronger. I was just in great shape. I can skate. It's all my skating, skating, skating. It's not a complicated game, this ice hockey thing. It just isn't. It's all about skating. This is the one thing you can get uh, octogenarians to agree with just as much as you can some nerd right out of college preaching advanced analytics. You could get universal agreement that the sport of ice hockey is about skating. So when Gino got a lot better, it was because he was skating. And when we watch him now and we wonder what's wrong, what's missing, why does he look so slow, uh, why is he dishing when he shouldn't dish, why is he not able to stick handle around that guy the way he stick-handled around him last year, why is he not shooting, why does he not look confident? It's because he can't skate, and there's no mystery as to why he can't skate considering he does not have an injury not to anyone's knowledge, whereas I have heard that he showed up not in NHL game shape. Every sport is different as it relates to how you train and condition during a season. And yes, that still has to happen. You don't just get all revved up in the offseason and then show up for training camp, and then it's all just games literally the rest of the way. There's things you have to do to maintain your shape. A lot of athletes express concern, for example, about losing weight. I hear that a lot, especially in baseball because of the 162 games and the sweat and the sunshine and all that other stuff that they worry about losing weight and then getting weaker that way. So they do different things, exercise, nutrition, and so forth, to make sure that they're maintaining weight over the full six months. I have not once heard tale of any athlete working their way into shape during a regular season without some extraordinary effort. This is why the offseason, the late offseason, and training camp itself, when it's of a normal length, are so important. And why Malkin, if everything that I'm saying in fact adds up to the truth, and I believe that it does, let his team down in the worst way. Not now, not a month ago, but two months ago and three months ago. That's it. I don't think it's more complicated than that. I really don't. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's Just One question comes from BP in Wilkinsburg, who asks, when does Mike Sullivan start to get on the hot seat for the lackluster effort and performance of this team? If they fail to make the playoffs, or even if they're one series and done in the playoffs, will the firing of Sullivan happen then, or will it be before the end of the season? Well, let's also at least lay out the possibility that he doesn't get fired. Let's start there, BP. Uh, This is a very, very good head coach. I believe that Pittsburgh is lucky to have him. I also believe that he does a tremendous job of working with the hand he's dealt. If you think back to when Sully took over in the middle of the 2016 season and all the different personalities that he had to – adjust to instantly, like upon his arrival. I mean, Mike Johnston was gone, and the Penguins were going to play hard just because they were happy that Johnston was gone. But his honeymoon, meaning Sullivan's, wasn't going to last very long. And if you'll recall, the Penguins started out pretty lousy under Sullivan, and he had to sell them on his system, and he had to sell Jim Rutherford on going out and getting a couple other types of players that would be a better match for his system than what he had, and then he had to bring up the younger guys, the Brian Rust and so forth, the first wave of kids from Wilkes-Barre that ended up contributing to that Stanley Cup. He did all that. He had assimilated a team of some of the most diverse personalities you could ever conceive. I mean, I can't think of two different people, more different people on this planet than Patrick Hornquist and Phil Kessel. But there they were, and they were both playoff heroes. And it worked, and it worked in large part because the coach made it work at the top level of the hockey operation, at least at ice level. And I just don't think you discard someone like that. I don't think you do that lightly. The man's work ethic is beyond reproach. The man's uh, understanding of the game is very obviously at a high level. We have seen him not just stick to his system, but we've seen him make smart moves, including during the course of a playoff series. And out coach the other guy. So I'm not wild about the Mike Sullivan hot seat discussion. Maybe that'll change over the course of this year. I'll say again that I was not at all wild about the amount of energy the Penguins showed Tuesday night against the Capitals. I found it deeply disappointing that there didn't seem to be a recognition of the importance of the game against a team that is probably going to be the one that is best positioned to keep them out of the playoffs. But I also know enough about professional sports from having covered them over a lifetime to appreciate that there's only so much coaches and managers and assistant coaches and everybody else – who's there wagging a finger at people, can do. There's only so many different ways that you can say, hey, go get them, boys, where eventually the problem is, is that the boys don't really care. I don't know that about this team. I don't know that about this group. I'm always reluctant to criticize people who are wearing rings because at least was in there at one point, that hunger, that fire. But I also know that this team, if you go back to last year, the last 29 games the Penguins have played, they've won six in regulation. Want to hear that again? Last 29 games, they've won six in regulation. That doesn't sound like a coach problem to me. It just doesn't. I appreciate the question, VP. I appreciate everybody who listened, and we'll do this again tomorrow discussing however it is that Penguins versus Islanders goes tonight.